A little girl vanishes into thin air. I looked under cars. I looked in bushes. And then trying to figure out what happened to your child, the emptiness that's always going to be there. The investigation still haunts the community. All around Kettering, you could see headlights on in cars, motorists showing support for Erica's family. This is Missing Erica Baker. At what point did it hit you guys that Erica may not be coming home? Never. You have to prove it, honey. We had literally so much fun together, and we always tried to have matching outfits, because that was a thing back in the 90s. This is Katie Wolford. She grew up in a town outside of Dayton, Ohio. We would make up these choreographed dances and sound like cheers. We did a lot of neighborhood hide-and-seek. We lived outside. That was our thing. It was nonstop fun all the time. She was always into something, <laughs> is the thing, and we both were. Her house was just a few doors down from Erica Baker's dad. Erica was her childhood best friend. So we had another friend in one house, and then our neighbor, and then the neighbor guy next to us. It was just back and forth, like all the time, like neighborhood kids. <laughs> Katie and Erica grew up running around the neighborhood, playing made-up silly games, and maybe even getting into a little bit of trouble sometimes. And even saying this as like a kid's perspective, I just see that innocent, precious girl who literally just could do whatever. Like We would play hide-and-go-seek around the entire block. These best friends wore diapers together. They basically learned how to crawl together. Katie thought that they would go on to grow up, graduate school, and then raise their own kids together. When you think of how kids should be, and if you take out what happened to Erica and what happens on a daily basis with children being missing, and that's how she lived her life. You literally just got to be a kid. Until a mild day in February changed everything. On February 7th, 1999, Erica put on her pink Winnie the Pooh sweatshirt and raincoat, leashed up her dog, a long-haired Shih Tzu named Jamie, and never returned. She was nine years old. Well, she just hugged me, told me she loved me, and said she'd see me later. And that was the last time I saw her. I'm Bryn Caswell, reporter and weekend news anchor at Dayton 24-7 Now. And that's when our nightmare began. I'm Nathan Edwards, morning news anchor. Today, we get personal. Who is this little girl and what happened the day she disappeared? Nathan and I cover this community as journalists for Dayton 24-7 now, and we have reported on a lot over the years. I first got invested in this when I was assigned to cover the 20th anniversary of Erica's disappearance. But above all, Erica's story hits home for us. It's been 23 years and she's never been found. Becky Golden, our news director who's been working on this podcast with us, you're going to hear her voice a lot throughout our reporting. And Becky, you actually remember hearing about Erica's story while growing up, right? Yeah, Nathan, I grew up in this area, and this story dominated the news for months. My father is a retired police detective, not for Kettering, but as a child, it makes you really hyper aware of what's going on in the community. And it's really scary to think that a little girl can just vanish. Yeah, I grew up in Vandalia, a town near Dayton, and I'm actually the same age as Erica. This story caught national attention, too. Oprah, Montel Williams, Sarah Jessica Parker even went on America's Most Wanted to plead with listeners to find Erica. Yeah, Sarah Jessica Parker is from Ohio, actually. 23 years later, Erica's disappearance continues to raise questions for the family and for the community. 
There's no clarity as to what actually happened to Erica. This is the most extensive examination of this case to date. We're getting a look at evidence never seen by any other media outlet and talking to people who've never publicly spoken. She would have been 33 years old. Today's her birthday. So in this episode, we're going to do our best to honor her memory and talk with her family members who remember her last day. I've been out here. I've sat on these benches. I've sat over on those stools trying to figure when, how, why, and where. This is Greg Baker, Erica's father. They share the same blue eyes. When it, everything kind of went down, I mean, it's... I can't really explain how one would feel other than just the terror and then trying to figure out what happened to your child and the emptiness that's always going to be there. It's very difficult. We spoke with him in a busy, vibrant park in Kettering, Ohio, a suburb of 50,000, five miles south of Dayton. This park is a gathering place for families. There's a recreation center, a senior center, Erica's old elementary school, playgrounds, and even a pond where Greg and Erica used to go fishing. It's really difficult to be out here. I mean, but my other children came out here and played and fished, and it's a catch-22. It's a very somber area to be in. You know, it's also good memories, too, with the kids. Does the bad memories overwhelm those good memories? Yeah, they can at times. Pretty much any time I get a chance to talk about Erica's case, it's good for her. So that way, number one, we keep her memory alive. Number two, we're still trying to push forward to really find out really what happened at the very end. To find out what really happened at the very end. A mystery that haunts the community. But we do know where the story of her disappearance starts. This park is where nine-year-old Erica was last seen alive. She disappeared on a Sunday. February 7th, 1999. It was kind of a dreary day that day, but it was a little warmer than usual. The, it was real misty that day. Erica started her day with her three older brothers at their dad Greg's house. He and Erica's mom, Misty Baker, were divorced. Later that Sunday, Greg was driving the kids back to their mom's house near the park. But other fathers and daughters were getting ready to go to a big father-daughter dance at the recreation center next to the park. We were actually supposed to have a father and da father and daughter dance dinner down here at the rec center. And unfortunately, I was unable to get any tickets. Everything was sold out pretty quick. So do you think she was upset? about the father-daughter dance and not being able to go? I think so. She told me that she was upset and she really wanted to go. And I apologized to her that, you know, I was unable to get those tickets. And I was on a hold call list just in case somebody never showed up. But Was that dance going on at the same time she went missing? Yeah. Oh, it's tore me up for years. Uh, you know, I've, I've beat myself up on it every day, but, you know, there's really nothing I can do about it now other than, you know, keep our hopes and prayers alive that we finally get a closure to uh, what's, what's happened with her. It's very difficult to, to even think about what happened all those years ago. I've had to live this for 23 years and it's, it doesn't get any easier, but I guess I tolerate it more the longer it goes. When you get out here and you look around, does 23 years feel like 23 years? No, no it does not. And it almost feels like it was yesterday that it happened. I mean, I know it's been a long time 
But you know, when you don't have a child anymore because of these reasons, your world kind of stops and it fro it's frozen in time because the only thing that you know your child of is when she was nine years old, you won't know her for anything else. I lost my brother when I was 14 and I have this memory that always replays in my head of hugging him. Do you have a memory like that that replays in your mind constantly of Erica? Uh, the day that I dropped her off at the house. And when she just hugged me, told me she loved me and said she'd see me later. And then that's when I left and that was the last time I saw her. We will return after a short break. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Nathan, Becky, our news director, and I sat down with Erica's mom, Misty, and grandmother, Pam, to talk through the day she went missing. We talked at her grandmother Pam Schmidt's house. Pam has since moved away from the house Erica grew up in, but her house now is filled with nostalgia, just like you'd expect at grandma's. Eclectic, warm, loving. She even has a blanket with Erica's face on it. And she has a dog. <laughs> he just totally ignored me. Who doesn't listen very well. <laughs> I just don't think he hears at all. So you might hear the dog at times. Pam and Erica's mom, Misty, lived together in Kettering in 1999. Pam says the neighborhood was filled with families and children. Here's Erica's grandmother, Pam. She had friends all over the place. Really safe neighborhood. They're both home when Greg dropped Erica and her brothers off that Sunday. Erica had been visiting with her father that day. She and her brothers had been with her dad. And they had come home, and it was an unusually warm day for February. It was. It was just like almost summery. It was so warm. Was she upset about not going to a father-daughter dance that day? She was very sad. That's Misty, Erica's mom. Not to the point of crying, but she was upset because there was some kind of miscommunication between her and her father. Erica asked Misty, her mom, if she could take um, Jamie for a walk. And that's when our nightmare began. How long had she been gone when you guys noticed that maybe something was wrong? <laughs> I was on the phone. I was down in the basement. I happened to look up and see that it was dark. And she's afraid of the dark. So I hung up and started 
to start looking for. <laughs> Sorry. No, so it's, no okay. it's okay. Did did you call police at first, or did you go down to the park? No, honey, I looked under car. I looked in bushes, all her friends' house, the school. Her brothers went out, and, started going to friends' houses. And then I came home. I stayed home, and I could hear her outside screaming Erica's name. And uh, finally, Misty came and said, Mom, I can't find her anywhere. And I said a few expletives, I'm calling the police. And so I called 911. Carrie 911, And I've been in the business world for, for my whole career. And I knew when you call a repairman, if you're not real specific, they'll keep asking you questions. So I tried to be as specific and succinct as I could be because I wanted help and I wanted it now. She's nine years old. Um, she left about four o'clock this afternoon to take the dog for a walk. Mm -hmm. And um, she wasn't back by six, and so her mother started sending her little brothers out looking for her. Okay. And we've gone up and down the street and to the park and everywhere we can think of and we can't find her. And I said to the person on the line, I said, how soon will they be here? And he said, ma'am, they're already there. Misty and Pam could hear police sirens rushing to the scene. Helicopters whirled above the park. The community poured out, all to look for Erica. But the police told Misty and Pam to stay home in case she found her way back. Eventually, we couldn't stand it. Yeah, we walked down. You know, we could hear the sirens, and we wanted to be there. And so eventually, we did go up to the rec center that night. By the time it had been on the news... There were 300 people there when we got there. It was there. amazing. The boys were in football. Erica was a cheerleader. So all these people were there, and all they wanted to do was help. And to this day, it's overwhelming to me that so many people stood up and said, what can we do? How can we help find her? I'm very thankful. Very. They're there for Erica, and that's what I wanted them to be. What do you think it was about Erica that all of these people had such a deep connection with? She was a social butterfly. She'd talk to anybody. She'd be your friend, and she would help you out. She was very sweet. She had a sweet disposition. She loved one of her teachers, and she uh, got glasses like her teacher. She was so excited. Um, she loved wearing those glasses. She loved family get-togethers. It was my parents' 50th wedding anniversary, and all the kids were there, and they, they were just having a grand old time, and she was out on the dance floor under this crystal bulb, and she was just dancing her little heart out all by herself. You two seem really close, and it seems like Erica fit right in with you guys. <laughs> yeah. Who do you think Erica took after? She was feisty, I don't know. She probably liked me. Well, she had three older brothers. <laughs> I have to say my best memories of, were of her getting back at him. <laughs> she would wait till they weren't paying attention. <laughs> And then she'd smack him in the head or, you know, that kind of sisterly love that she got from them. At what point did it hit you guys that Erica may not be coming home? Never. You have to prove it, honey.
Shortly after Erica disappeared, a couple found the family's dog, Jamie, near the pond in the park. The dog was unharmed, and the family was able to pick the dog up from the dog pound. But Erica would not come home that night. The next morning, Erica's best friend Katie was getting ready for school that Monday. I was eating cereal before school one morning, and the news was on, and I was like, what's Greg doing? Like, why is Greg on the news? In my mind, be like, oh, Greg, hi, Greg. Like, I love you, Greg. Like, not thinking, like, something horrific had happened because I had no idea. And it was him out at the pond at Kettering. I was just like, what's going on? And I remember immediately my dad, like, shutting it off. I was just kind of confused because you're, like, nine years old. You know, you're like, I'm just here eating cereal. Everything's the same. That's interesting. What's he doing on the news? This was a tight-knit community. All of our neighborhood friends were confused, too. There's no playbook for how a parent should navigate this situation either. And from there, I just remember my mom and all the other like neighborhood moms, we weren't allowed to walk to the bus stop. Like, what's going on? Why am I not allowed to go over here? Why is everybody so on top of us? You know, like, why can't we just walk to the bus stop like we normally do? Um, why are you walking me? Like, what, what is happening here? And so I just remember a solid three or four days sleeping with my mom and like crying and praying and not knowing like what does it mean for kidnapping or somebody going missing or something bad happening. But you never even remotely think that would happen to somebody like you're that close with. This is heavy stuff for a kid to process. Nathan, you were the same age as Katie and Erica when this happened. Do you remember learning what it meant for a kid to disappear? It is hard to process somebody just vanishing. But what you do notice are your parents' actions changing. My folks, they didn't want me to ride my bike out as long during the day. They also had more conversations about stranger danger and things like that. It's scary, but there's not a lot of answers. Erica's disappearance definitely marks a change for this community. Katie's parents kept a closer watch on her. Because unfortunately for me in my situation, I was extremely like, so very sheltered from that point forward, out of fear that I love and honor my parents tremendously. And I would have probably done the same thing. And I know it's probably, you don't want to live in a state of fear, but at the same time, it's like this happened to your childhood best friend, like that you're attached to the hip to. Fear crept in. The community came together to search for Erica, but neighbors grew skeptical of each other. Here's how Greg Baker remembers it. I know a lot of the parents, they held their kids tighter. Uh, anytime that we would go to a restaurant or stores, I mean, I felt bad for the people, but as they see me, they were grabbing their kids and pulling them towards them and then walking away from us. I was actually asked to, to leave a restaurant because it was just too sad for the waitress to, to serve us. Really? Yeah, really. So, I mean, it's, it takes a toll on a lot of things until, until people actually found out what was going on. People don't know, and they make assumptions. On the next episode, we meet the original lead detective who worked this case from day one. That was the first I saw him when he was going to interview us. I walked in and I thought, oh my God, it's Fonzie. Because he had on this leather jacket. <laughs> you know, it, it just dried off. I wanted the best. Well, I didn't realize then he was the best and was totally dedicated to finding her. That's all for this episode of Missing Erica Baker, a podcast from Dayton 24-7 Now. Find us in your podcast app next Tuesday. 
Follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts so you can never miss an episode. If you like the show, leave us a rating and review. It really helps new listeners find the show. Thanks to our production team from Sinclair Broadcast Group, Becky Golden, Michael Oyan, and Holden Robinson. And our production team at Pod People, Amy Machado, Danielle Roth, Jazzy Johnson, and Adam Raimunda. This is still an active investigation. If you have any tips about the case, please contact Kettering Police at 937-296-2555. For more reporting from Dayton, head to Dayton247now.com. We've created a special section dedicated to this podcast. Until next time, I'm Nathan Edwards. And I'm Brid Caswell. This has been Missing Erica Baker. <laughs>